0: why we are entering into this series is the past few months we were looking at the, um, the resurrection and the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. We went on that Lenten and then that Easter journey together where uh, the pinnacle of what it means to be the Christian, the Christian faith climaxes to that cross and the resurrection. But the story of Jesus Christ doesn't stop there. The story continues as he promises to send his Holy Spirit on his disciples, on his believers, on his friends, where the church is birthed and is born in the upper room with those people gathering together. And so this young church is literally looking at this young church, these women and these men who are sold out for Jesus Christ, who love him, and they are so young in his infancy, they are baby Christians. But they gather together in the upper room, waiting for the Holy Spirit. And uh, a week full, Mike will be unpacking Pentecost for us, um, and it's going to be amazing. I have no idea what's going to happen, but God knows, and God is good, and he will show up because we desire to meet with him. And so tonight, we are looking at the start of that journey, and we're looking at how diverse that 12 the, 13, the whole group of people were. We're looking at how diverse that community of early Christians were. And we're looking at how Jesus himself, in his early ministry, how he gathered uh, people who were diverse, people who were different, people who had gifts and skills and talents around himself to create this nucleus, this, this, this core group of believers. And so if you're like me, we, I like to watch films sometimes and sometimes. We all love stories about a ragtag a group of friends who go on adventures, hunt treasure seekers, they look for treasures, you know, they go on these quests, we support them, we vouch for them, yeah, yeah, you go, you, you fight evil, you know, I support you, right? Um, and hopefully, we're gonna have some pictures, so let's see, let's picture one, what have we got? Picture, there we go, anybody knows what that is? Anybody? It's the Goonies, the Goonies, all right. We have a bunch of friends, four young people, young children getting together. Um, and, and, and the gist of the story is they are fighting to save their homes from foreclosure. So they go on this journey of uh, finding a lost treasure, hoping to save their homes from foreclosure. These four friends gather together for one singular purpose. Okay, slide two. What do we have? And we have... Stranger Things, anybody watch Stranger Things? Okay, we've got some hands up in the air, okay, cool. Again, very similar. Four friends, four high school friends uh, who get together and, you know, and they, want, they, need, they need to save the world. They have this one singular mission. They all have different skills, all have different talents, all have different inclinations, but they're all together to save uh, the world from evil. And they going on this massive journey and doing it together. All right, what have we got for number three? All right, classic, right? We have the laws of the Ring, the Fellowship, uh, you know, the Fellowship of, so you have, again, a gathering of people, clearly, who have a variety of skills, who have a variety of talents, uh, of gifts to use, and all one purpose to save Frodo and the Hobbits carrying the the ring. One purpose, a group of people with different gifts and different skills, all focus on one thing, and next picture we have is Avengers, all right. Uh, real quick, I'm, I'm, I'm team Captain America. Anybody team Iron Man here? Boo, boo, okay. Um, again, same thing. Nick Fury, he gathers a bunch of crazy people, um, but they all have different skills, they all have different talents, and they all have different gifts, and he brings them together to create the avengers, to avenge the earth and protect them from evil. And so we see that uh, these people have come from all different walks of life, but yet they are all focused on one thing. They all have different gifts, different skills, and different things to bring to the table, but all for one thing. And the early church was simply that. It was a young church, a brand new group, um, different backgrounds, different talents, different gifts that God had clearly given the early disciples. And this diverse group of women and men, uh, they were, had one thing that kind of linked them together, one uh, a f- core focus that was their devotion to the risen Jesus. They were sold out for Jesus. Their heart was, I will give all I have, all my talents, all my skills, and all my gifts for Jesus Christ. And so this takes us to our reading tonight, and our reading is from, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 2. And it's, it's a couple of verses. It's not super long, but book of Acts, chapter 2. And if you want to follow up with your Bibles, it's on page 1094. Um, and it's the fellowship of the believers, page 1094. And it says this, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, and to, fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. and the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. The early church you see here, uh, it was a close-knit family. They they didn't see each other just on Sunday for an hour, an hour and a half, Uh, but we read here that they were together at all time. They lived life together. Uh, Verse 42 and verse 46 talks about the habits that they were devoting themselves to scripture. They would pray together, that they would study the word together. Um, They would break bread, they would eat together, they would sing together, they would uh, do life together. And day by day, they would go to the temple courts and they would be together. They would share the good news of Jesus Christ together. They would uh, come together and actually receive their food with a sincere heart and a glad heart and a generous heart, praising God and gaining favor with all people. And we see here that the rhythm uh, practiced by these early Christians was one of relational mentoring. It was one where they spent time together, where they taught one another, where if you had new believers, the more senior or the more, um, those maybe longer in the faith would mentor and disciple those who were quite new to the faith. They would look after them, they would uh, help them to be grounded in the scriptures really well. And this practice, they built um, meaningful relationships. It built accountability, it built responsibility, into everyday Christian living. And we can see just like the diverse crew of adventurers, superheroes, believers, God has given me and given you specific gifts and talents. You cannot deny that. God has given each and every single one of us specific gifts, specific talents, specific calls on our life. God has given that to each and every single one of us. The book of Ephesians in chapter two says this, verse 10. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do so. God had given us gifts to use to further his kingdom on earth. We each have gifts, You you have gifts, I have gifts. You have talents, I have talents. I don't like maths. Sarah loves maths, she's brilliant at it. She doesn't like English, I love English. We have gifts, we have talents, we have specific calls, we have um, things that we're really good at and God wants us to understand and use these gifts and talents uh, not just for ourselves but and not just for the church but for the world around us. Our gifts and talents are not just for me or not just for you, but they are to bless others and they are to bless the community of God and they are to bless the world around us. The gifts that we have, they, they are not just for ourselves. Imagine if Michelangelo kept his gift of painting to himself. Imagine if, if Da Vinci kept that gift to himself. Imagine, what's, who's your favorite singer? I don't know. Um, I'm not going to say some. Who? Jack Black, no. Let's not go, no. But you know... Uh, Imagine if your favorite singer didn't sing. Imagine if it's like, it's someone, my, my mother-in-law loves Tom Jones. Imagine if Tom Jones didn't sing. What, what, what would we be missing out on these gifts? We each have gifts and talents and purpose and skills that God has gifted us and given us. And they are to use and further his kingdom and to remind the world that God's place is a glorious place. It's a beautiful place. It's an amazing place, and our gifts that enhance the beauty around us because God has blessed us with those gifts. This is what Jesus did as he gathered his disciples around himself. I was going to show you something here, but I left it at home, and I feel really upset that I left it at home. Um, I had a prop. It was a big prop I was going to bring here. I'm really sorry, but let me try to share it with you. Okay. By now, hopefully, you know that I like to eat. You know that I like food, correct? Yeah. You know that I'm, I'm a big eater. And I also cook. I think I'm a decent cook. I think my wife would attest to that. She better shake your head. Yes, yes, Dick. I'm, I'm a decent cook, correct? Okay, no, let's just forget her. So I, I, I think I'm a decent cook, okay? Um, and one of my favorite cooking utensil dishes in the kitchen is my... Uh, orange iron skillet casserole, like the Le Creuset, you know that kind of iron casserole dish, it's sturdy, it's heavy, weighs a ton, that's my go-to, it's my bad boy, I love it. Man, it's so versatile, you take it, you can put it on the hob, you can put it in the oven, you can put it on wood, you can put it on coal, that thing is wonderful, what a gift. Whoever made it, thank you so much, it's great. Um, And I love it, and one of my favorite dishes to cook in it is um, something called Jamaican brown chicken stew. Oh man, it is fantastic. Okay, I have to read you the ingredients so you know how fantastic this dish is. Are you ready? There's so many in it, okay. We have chicken, of course, you know, you have to have chicken. Um, It has brown sugar, it has browning sauce, it has garlic powder, it has onion powder, it has salt, it has paprika, dried thyme, it has black pepper, it has allspice, he has two onions, he has spring onions, he has peppers, he has red peppers, he has scotch bonnet, he has garlic cloves, he has ginger. Whew! And we, that's it, okay? So it has a whole ton of things in it. But this dish is fantastic. It's beautiful. It's great. When you put the ingredients together, the right quantities, fusion, this dish works in sync. It's harmonious. Uh, People eat it and they think, that's amazing, it's amazing, it's so good. It works. This dish works. But imagine right with this dish, instead of adding one tablespoon of brown sugar, if I added four or five or six tablespoons of sugar. Suddenly, what works becomes distorted and you're getting really off taste. It doesn't work anymore. There's something missing or there's too much of it in that dish. What if in my my casserole dish I I remove the main chicken? What if I take it out completely? What if what was needs to be part of it? What is so foundation to that dish? What if it's not there anymore? The dish doesn't make sense. It's not what it is. It's called Jamaican vegetable stew or something. I don't know. You know, it doesn't make sense. What if I, everything else is gone? There's nothing in that dish but scotch bonnets. Just that. Suddenly, you think, what? This dish is abrasive. It, it doesn't work. It, when you try to eat it, it just burns your mouth. It's, it's not what it's meant to be. It's not how it's supposed to function. It's not how it's supposed to work. This dish needs to have all these different ingredients to make it what it is. The same thing has to happen for the church. It has to have all these different people with these different gifts, with these different skills, with these different talents to make the church what it is. If there's too much of one thing, there's an imbalance in it, it doesn't make sense. If there, if there is not enough of one thing, we, we find gaps and there are needs, and the church doesn't function in its fullness. It needs to have all this variety of people with these different talents, with different gifts, with different skills to make the church what it is. Just like you here. The church needs you. The church of God needs each and every single one of you to use your gifts and your talents, the God-given gifts, the God-given talents to make the church work. Jesus, when he was gathering his disciples. He didn't go around and think, right, I'm going to choose this specific person because he has a lot of money or this specific person because he comes from this socio-economic group or this person because of his ethnicity. Jesus chose people because of on what that group could achieve together through their various gifts and their various skills and the various talents, what this gathering of people around himself could achieve, because they had one focus, one heart, one vision, one mind, and that was God Almighty, that was himself, and all these different gifts came together and they merged together to form the church. Okay, Jesus in Matthew's Gospel, chapter four, this is where he gathers his disciples, he says this, um, where is it, right here? As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. He saw Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. Two brothers right there. They were fishermen. And he says, follow me and you'll be fishers of men. Already Jesus starts to gather, not teachers, not rabbis. He gathers local fishermen. People who have a a specific craft, a specific trade uh, in fishing. He reckons that you're really good at it. Probably, follow me. Hey, why don't you follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. Let's take your gift of what you have, your, uh, your patience when fishing, your know-how. Let's use that to further the kingdom. So I'm going to gather you. Further on, he gathers two brothers again, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, working with their father. Again, these two brothers and the father are most likely business owners. They probably have a trade. They're probably hiring people to work for them. They're working with their dad. They are owners. They are fishermen. They have skills. They probably have people management skills. They probably have, um, they, fit, they know how to make things work. Jesus starts to gather people who are different than himself. Jesus was a carpenter. He wasn't a fisherman. He was a carpenter, but he gathers fishermen with him. In Luke's Gospel, we read that Jesus gathers Levi, the tax collector, also known as Matthew. He gathers a tax collector. To be a tax collector, you probably needed to have significant education, you need to know how to handle money, how to count. You're also quite wealthy, actually, if you're a tax collector because tax collectors would take a little bit off the tax they would collect for the Roman government. And so we read that actually Matthew used some of his money to further God's mission. Jesus gathers, again, somebody else is different, not a carpenter, not a fisherman, but a tax collector. We read that Jesus also, he gathers Simon called the zealot, Simon the zealot. Obviously being a zealot wasn't a profession, but he gathers this man, Simon the zealot, who was a zealot about, um, about God. He was a zealot engaged in political, and political anarchy and creating chaos and trying to overthrow the Roman government. But when he joins Jesus, his focus shifts. He still remains zealous for God. He remains zealous for Jesus. And then Jesus gathers around himself Mary Magdalene. We looked about her a couple of weeks ago, he gathers Mary, who was possessed by seven demons. He gathers around himself Joanna, the wife of Chuzo. He gathers Salome. Jesus gathers lots of people around himself. And that is just some of the disciples some of the women, and now that you're seeing this, that Jesus is not gathering people who sound like him, who walk like him, who talk like him, who are him, but he's gathering an eclectic bunch of people, all with one focus, all with one vision, to see God's kingdom come wherever they go. He gathers people who have gifts, who have skills, we have talents, that can do things that he can't do, that can, uh, Jesus is gathering people who are different. And he gathers people to give us an example of what the church of Christ looks like. A church diverse in talents, in gifts, in ideas, all under one roof with the same purpose, to worship him and to see God's kingdom come on earth. This is what Jesus does. He gathers people who are not the same of like him, but who love the God, who love him, who would use their gifts and their talents and their purposes to further God's kingdom on earth. We each have talents, we each have gifts, and we each have a purpose to play. And so what about you then? This is where I look at you and I say what about you? Okay, and you go, what about me, Nick? Like, what about you? What about your gifts? What about your talents? I truly believe that the church works, but there's always things missing. If you're not somehow plugged in, if you're we're not utilizing your God-given talents and your gifts, I think there's still something missing. I wouldn't be here where I am today if somebody didn't take a chance on me and say, hey, Nick, I think you could do this. I can see you doing this. Why don't you come alongside me? Come, come and help me with the, the youth work. Just try that. I wouldn't be here again if someone said, say, hey Nick, have you, do you want to preach one day? Come, let me, just come with me. Hey, this is how we do it. Let's just, let's, go and, let's do it together. Again, I wouldn't be here if someone didn't say, hey Nick, have you, have you thought about being a priest? I think you'd be really good at it. Come, come with me on this journey. Let's go together. People seeing gifts in each other helping them point out this is clearly your gift and your talent and that you are needed. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse verses 12 onwards. I think this is quite a well-known verse. 1 Corinthians 12. Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. And so the body is not made up of one part but of many. Now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason to stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not be for that reason to stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If we all had the same gift, it doesn't make sense. If the whole body were in ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The body needs you. We, the body of Christ needs you. It's important to know that you are needed, that you belong, that you are part of this diverse church, that you are part of the body of Christ, that you are invited in it, invited to share your talents, to share your gifts, to share uh, the skills you have, whatever God has blessed you with. Uh, are, Are you good at finance? Bring it, I'm not good at it. Are you good at graphic design? Are you good at uh, uh, social media? Are you, is, that you, is that your thing? Bring it. I, Lord knows we need people who can do that. Have are you, are you, are you got a gift of, 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 of praying, of worship? Are you a singer? Are you a musician? Uh, 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 are, you, are you loving? Are you good at admin? The church needs your gifts. Whatever they may be, the church needs it. But not because the church wants for the church, but to just grow and to witness to the people of God, what the church looks like. You are part of this body, and you fit, but we need to get you involved somehow. A couple of weeks ago, we had, was it In It Together Sunday? and We were all encouraged to fill a form and, and put on names and numbers and be part of a ministry or somewhere in church. And so can I encourage you, if you haven't done that, or if you're thinking about doing something like that, to get plugged in, to be part of the body, to know that you belong in this place, that you are part of this community, that you are a valued member, and that there is something missing as long as you're not involved in church. And so, I'm gonna end with this question, and then we are gonna go and have communion together. So here's my final question. How might you more fully devote your gifts, your talents, and your skills to bless the Lord and his church. How might you more fully devote your gifts, your talents, your skills to bless the Lord and his church? Amen. So Father, we thank you for your goodness to us, that you call us to be part of your church, to use our gifts that you have given us to and uh, not bless ourselves, but to bless others.